What does it take to succeed as a leader? Welcome to another episode of Relearning Leadership, where we explore a specific leadership challenge and break it down to help improve your leadership, your organization, and even your personal life. Today, we meet Nick Barrent, sharing his courageous story from a jailed drug dealer to a legit business owner with over $2 million in revenue. Four months later, I had my own truck and I was running my own calls. For me, it was an easy transition. I used to sell drugs, now I'm selling furnaces. So now I can drive around with this stuff advertised on my truck. It was, it was, it's the same game, it's just legal. Joining our discussion is Sean Thomas, mentor to Nick and founder of the Accelerators organization, whose purpose is equipping leaders like Nick to succeed at business and life. Why do we know that we want something? Why do we know that we're not happy that we don't have what we want, but we won't take action? It's our upbringing, and we have to hack into that mindset to find out where that person was led to think the way they think today. Nick and Sean take us beyond grit, determination, and pride to discover what it takes to succeed as a leader when everything around us, even our own thinking, is working against us. I'm Pete Behrens. Thank you for joining us today. Let's dive in. I have two fascinating people with me today to take us on what I believe will be a leadership roller coaster ride. Nick is a self professed Guns N' Roses fan with tattoos and RV mud in his blood. He's the owner of an HVAC business. Sean is a former boy band member, circus traveler, and TEDx speaker who founded the Accelerators organization, mentoring and coaching leaders just like Nick. Nick and Sean, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to be here. Well, people are probably thinking, oh my gosh, what do we got here? So let's start with you, Nick. Who is Nick Barrett? Well, I grew up in Chicago in 1978. I was born. I'm 43 years old. Had a bit of a rough start in life. Moved to uh, California after my mother passed away. Decided that, you know, getting in trouble was fun and joined with local gangs and got into selling drugs and doing a lot of dumb, dumb stuff. And once my aunt that I lived with found out what was going on, she shipped me back to Chicago at 15 to live with my father and his new wife. And I wasn't having that. So I moved out on my own. And it was a point where I had to make a decision whether I go to school or I go to work. So I went to work. And then, you know, work just wasn't enough. So I carried some of the traits that I learned in Los Angeles and started selling drugs so I could afford to have an apartment. Making pizzas at 15 years old, you're not going to really support yourself that well. So for me, I needed extra income. I was a hustler. I just needed to pay for my ways and I didn't have anybody to depend on. So I made my own way. Wow. I mean, we talk about leaders going through the school of hard knocks. I think you just defined a lot of hard knocks that you've had to overcome. I haven't seen people on the internet talking about that kind of side gig. <laughs> <laughs> You're sharing with us quite a challenging upbringing. And I'm wondering if you could fast forward just a little bit. What was that early Nick the leader like? How did you actually get into business beyond making pizzas? And what was the mindset at the time? Well, after I moved back and I got in trouble, um, I went to prison for a little bit. And when I got out, I met this girl and I really, really liked her. And she's my wife now of 20 years. And 
we got pregnant and it was a choice that I had to make. Well, do I, do I start hustling again and take the chance of going back to prison or do I do something with myself? So I started literally in concrete, slanging concrete during the day, making 400 bucks a week. But I put all the dope down, all the guns down, all the gangs down and just kind of tried to raise her in, in, in our relationship. And she got pregnant and there was just no way I was going back to selling drugs and doing stupid stuff because, you know, my daughter was on the way and I wanted to be there for that. So I just decided to go hustle. And in concrete, you get laid off in, in the wintertime. And, you know, I had unemployment. A friend of mine worked for a heating contractor. So I said, hey, I want to learn something new. So he says, well, why don't you come and work with me? My boss isn't going to pay you, but you can learn. So I decided, you know what, I'm getting unemployment. Let's try it. So couple weeks into it and the boss man there was like, look, I can't pay you to do service calls, but if there's an install and you help, I'll pay you cash under the table. Four months later, I had my own truck and I was running my own calls. For me, it was, it was an easy transition. I used to sell drugs. Now I'm selling furnaces. So now I can drive around with this stuff advertised on my truck. It was, it was, it's the same game. It's just legal. So for me, selling to people and making profits for companies, that was natural. It was completely natural for me. So I excelled really, really fast to the point where two years into working for the guy, I bought half of his business, just like that. Wow. And away we went. Well, I want to bring Sean into this conversation, and, and I'm already feeling uh, roller coastered uh, through this ride already a little bit. So, Sean, uh, please introduce yourself for us. Well, Sean Thomas, Nashville, Tennessee, grew up in a military family. If you know anything about the military family, you move around a lot. So as a child, I moved around a lot. We ended up in Alaska the year that Nick was born, 1978. And at 18, MTV was a big thing for me. So at 18 years old, I set a goal to get on MTV. So I said, I'm not going to get on MTV in Eagle River, Alaska. Where do I need to go? And my mom and dad are like, well, go to California. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Luckily, I had parents that didn't try to hold me back in life. They were always supportive, even if it was different than what they were accustomed to or what they grew up with. So I was very fortunate with that. 18 years old, moved to California. Three years later, had a record deal on Warner Brother Records and a boy band that nobody would have ever heard of, but it was there. And we got on MTV. We traveled with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus. When it was around, we traveled with the Blue Unit, played every major arena in the country, got on MTV, entertainment television, the teen magazines, all the good stuff. And then after the year contract, they said, hey, thanks, fellas. You did a great job. We wish you the best with the rest of your life. And we were done. And at that point, I said, okay, when I moved to California, I wanted to get rich and famous. I have experienced a little bit of fame. Now it's time to get rich. How am I going to get rich? And like Nick, do I go back to school or what do I do? And I said, you know, I've been reading out there in the world that if you want to be rich, you need to own a business. You know, I'll just go ahead and do that. That should be easy. And for 10 years, I had a decade of desperation with no mentors or coaches and just trying to be like Nick and just learn on my own. I realized that business is not as easy as all these self-proclaimed gurus on the internet will tell you it will be. And without any mentorship, I struggled a lot, had a lot of small business uh, enterprises fail. And then finally, at the age of 32, I started a company selling those business center internet kiosks to hotels that are basically in every hotel today and met a mentor during that time. And we were able to successfully exit that company for a, a nice financially independent lifestyle for the rest of my life and took a year, few years off, 
and I started a Instagram account. Here's another fun one for you called Ask a Millionaire. And it's still alive today. And on Ask a Millionaire, I just started mentoring people through live streams, Instagram live streams and doing Q&A. And that's actually how I met Nick. And after doing that for a while, people started asking me, well, would you mentor me? And I was like, I don't mind answering questions, but that's not what I do for a living. But I decided after a couple of years, I said, you know what? There's a lot of people that need mentorship. There's a lot of people that could benefit from the experience I've had. And I created Accelerators Organization and I mentor individuals like Nick, and I help people like Nick actually turn into mentors. Nick is actually now that he runs a multi-million dollar company, he's actually converted and he is now a mentor in the organization. And the ripple effect of, you know, giving back after you've made it is in full effect because of guys like Nick. I'm thinking, how do we intersect somebody selling drugs in jail with somebody in a boy band traveling in a circus? And you guys have just defined it here in business and leadership. So, Sean, talk to me about that Nick you saw early on. What was the experience? What did you see? Well, I saw somebody that was like me, somebody who wanted to achieve financial success in life, was motivated by money, and simply had not met anybody who could teach him. He had a lot of grit, pure determination, did a lot of self-learning, but when you don't know what questions to ask, it's hard to know how to go out there and do a Google search. And what I wanted to provide for Nick and what we do in our organization is we get to know the person. We find out their experience. I found out about his experience selling drugs. I found out his, there was a reason he was a little rough. And by getting to know where that roughness came from, I knew what resources or even introductions to people in my network that I needed to get to him so he could utilize his God-given talent of grit and determination and hustle, but now implement some processes and some systems and tools to get him to the level and realize that he doesn't have to make it rough. Mm. There are some better ways to accomplish our goals. So he just needed resources. He needed people that could help guide him. So Nick, same question to you in terms of coming into Sean's ecosystem. How did you find him and, and what attracted you to his network? I was on the internet searching, you know, Gary V's and all these people that just were so fake. And I went on to one of his live streams and he literally answered the question without asking me for anything. And, and, and I took that information and I applied it. A couple months later, I see he's on live again. And I went to ask another question. He's like, no, <laughs> he's like, you join my mentorship program or I'm going to block you. And I, I took it more of a challenge. It wasn't like I wanted help. I was like, fuck this guy, you know, <laughs> he's going to challenge me. And, uh, you know, I'm up for a challenge, but I think it was the personality and the realness. What you see on Instagram is exactly what he is. There's no wool over the eyes. There's no BS. It's just straight Sean all the time. He is who he is. He honestly cares about us. And that's not normal business mentoring. It's a lifestyle change. If you don't know what you're missing, then you don't know what to go for. Our first conversations were, you're not thinking big enough. You're not thinking big enough. And I went, well, how big do I need to think? He's like a million dollars. And I thought, well, geez, if I'm a million dollars, that, that's a good life. Well, then when you hit a million dollars, you realize 10 million is the next step. So it's, it's a progression with Sean. And he brought me from 500,000 to 750,000 to a million, to a million seven last year. This month, we will cap that and do over 2 million this year in a matter of two and a half years 
by simply giving me the information and the resources for me to develop my business and stop thinking so small-mindedly. You know, that's the key with Sean. Well, those numbers are beautiful. And I'd like to dive behind the mindset or the man that helped drive that change. Do you mind maybe sharing a moment of insight or what was it about your change that maybe helped catapult that trajectory? I would really have to say that the change started to come from putting myself around people that were bigger, better, and smarter than I was, and getting me away from the limited mindset of people in my family, my friend circle. Sean got me into things that I never even thought about on like a personal level. Like I never cared about wine. Sean introduced me to that. Sean introduced me to food. Sean took me shopping for my first dress clothes. You know, my father died years ago. We didn't have that relationship. My brother died when he was 17. He killed himself. I didn't have an older brother. So here this guy comes into my life and it's not just about business. If your mental and your personal life has to grow with your business as well. And, and if you don't experience those things then you don't really know that they're out there. So Sean introduced me to lifestyle changes, business changes, which helped me open my mindset and trust him and say, okay, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm not going to question you anymore. And it's funny because a lot of the times when we go down to Nashville, he'll be like, are you coming? Absolutely. I don't care if he puts it on the moon, I'll be there. And he knows it. You know, there's, I don't, I don't look for agendas. I just show up and let's do this, you know, cause I trust him and he earned that trust. Like Nick displays leaders are learners and Nick brought up a great point of he had to really drop a lot of negative ego and negative pride to say, I really want to learn because I want to build something bigger in my life. And he was able to do that. And it's constant learning and, and constant evolution like that. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about how we can take Nick's story here. What is it you're doing that is applicable across more than just Nick? What are some of these secret sauces? What are some of those things that you're working on to help leaders like Nick? Well, I don't believe in secrets, so I don't mind sharing everything because there's not really much that I'm going to be able to talk about that hasn't already been talked about by the you know hundreds of thousands of books out there and the great leaders in the world. The main difference that is applicable to Nick and every single person is to quit trying to just do things on your own and relying on internet searches and no offense, we're on a podcast, but you're not going to learn everything on a podcast. You're not going to learn anything on a Google search. You're not going to learn, do all the self-learning on YouTube because at the end of the day, we can't Google a relationship. And Google would have never known Nick's story. Google would have never known his past. Google wouldn't have known what skills he possessed, what limited network he had, what limited people he had. It takes the relationships for a good coach and a good mentor, it takes conversation. It takes two-way conversation. Not to say it's not great to do some self-learning. However, to really get to the next level, every great person talks about having a great coach and having a great person. And that person has just been there and done it and knows how to get you to where you want to get for unselfish reasons. So that's applicable to anybody who has goals that wants to get somewhere, they're going to get there quicker by talking with a proven mentor or coach who's got a great track record of success. 
So Nick, I know you've described that running a business is a little bit like playing hockey. Do you mind expanding on that a bit? Absolutely. What I've learned about leadership is that I'm not good at everything. And the things that I'm not good at, I need to outsource, delegate to other people. And when that started to happen, it allowed me to focus on the things that I was really good at, which was actually growing the business. And that leadership has allowed me to travel as much as I have, which allows me to expand my business, whether I move a, a branch down to Nashville or here out in California, it allows me to do that. I'm not stuck behind a desk or in a truck fixing Mrs. Jones' furnace. That's somebody else's problem now. So I can actually focus on the business, not in the business. And that that leadership there transpires to my, my technicians, all the way from my service manager to my install manager to my office manager. When everybody has a clear idea of what they're supposed to do, and that's my job is to make it clear for them, then the business basically runs itself and allows me to do what I need to do. And that means grow it. You just hit on probably one of the biggest quotes we like to talk about is switching your focus from in the business to on the business. So for you, Nick, what does that mean? Focus on the business for me is worrying about the next step and saying, okay, we're not satisfied here. How do I acquire another company? Do I make my marketing area bigger? Do I add more products and services? And when you're stuck behind a truck all day, you can't think about that stuff. You're worried about just finishing the day. So we, we actually opened up a duct cleaning business inside my business, which is generating about $100,000 a year in revenue that I didn't have before, which means I get to employ somebody for 2,000 hours a year. And that's important too, because I'm not doing this solely for the money. That's the byproduct of doing what I love, right? And without all the knowledge that I'm getting from Sean and Accelerators organization, you know, I didn't go to school. I dropped out of high school, didn't have a business degree. I didn't know that payroll is supposed to be at this percent. Marketing should be at this percent. That's leadership because without those things, you can't lead your company anywhere except for into the ground. And I think that's why most companies fail because guys like me are either too afraid to ask or they don't know how to ask. So leadership is not just telling your guys what to do as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, it's paving the way for the company as well. Sean, I know you've talked about this as hacking a mindset. Could you expand on what you mean by that? And what does that look like? It's that mental thing that most people possess, which is, I want this. I know what I have to do, but I don't do it. Why? Why do we know that we want something? Why do we know that we're not happy that we don't have what we want? but we won't take action. And there's a myriad of reasons of why people won't take action and why you know they might call it fear or whatever they might call it. And generally speaking, in my experience of mentoring guys like Nick, is it's our upbringing. And we have to hack into that mindset to find out where that person was led to think the way they think today and how do we hack into it and recode it so that they can accomplish all the things that they say they want to accomplish. It is so common that people are not happy with what they have when they really should be focusing on why aren't they doing anything about it. And generally speaking, it's going to come from they just haven't been introduced to the right people that take the right amount of time to build that relationship and open their eyes and say, 
You can accomplish and be anything you want. And that's the hacking process. And every entrepreneur that we work with is different. They all have their own different, unique story. And we as mentors and coaches have to go in there and figure out what the wiring is and why it is the way it is so that we can reframe it and unleash, like Tony Robbins says, unleash the power within. Tony Robbins would be out of a job if everybody didn't need a little mindset hacking, right? He wouldn't have a job. So it just tells us that there's a reason that they call it a 1%, right? You know, only 1% of people have really figured out how to hack their minds to accomplish everything they want on a high-level basis. When you think about that globally, that 99% of the people aren't in that 1%, that's a big opportunity to help a lot of people. I love how you're talking about community, and, and that's why we formed this podcast, why we run our Agile Leadership Community. We connect leaders and mentors. So Nick, it sounds like you have even moved from a mentee to a mentor. Do you mind talking a little bit about what that's like? What benefit do you get through that? Well, there's a huge benefit for mentoring young entrepreneurs. My biggest takeaway from mentoring young entrepreneurs is it brings me back to their days. And it also reminds me all the things that I haven't done in a long time that I should be doing. It's, it's school <laughs> for me as well. You know, I get, I have a kid that I'm mentoring now and he says a lot of really young businessman stuff. And I think to myself, boy, I was in that position. If you ride a bike, it's great. If you don't ride it for 10 years and then you got to get back on it, it's fun again. And it goes, oh, I, sh I should start sending out postcards. Here I'm yelling at this kid about not sending out postcards and I'm the same way. So, you know, you start to forget some of the things that you did as a young entrepreneur that were successful, that as you get older and you, you've been in business long enough, you feel like you don't need them. But boy, there's 5% more revenue sitting there that you just don't think about until you're telling somebody else to do it. So I, I love it. I get a kick out of it. I, I look forward to my sessions with my guys every month. And they call me with these questions. And a lot of times I look at the phone and laugh before I call them back because it just reminds me of myself, you know? And I see that in Sean too with me. I, I know the first couple phone calls we made and, and they're the same first couple phone calls I have with my guys. Slow down, breathe, take a breath, tell me what's really going on. So it's been fun. And I can't wait to just keep giving back because it makes me such a better entrepreneur and businessman and human being at that point. You're reminding me of every time I'm coaching, there, there's nothing that proves to yourself you really understand something than when you have to help somebody else through it. So Sean, as, as we think about your ecosystem here, talk to us a little bit more about this Accelerators organization. How does this mentorship work inside there? Well, I appreciate you letting me talk about it. I love to talk about it as we all do with our businesses. So thanks. What I found out is there's a certain segment of the population out there in the world that needs on-demand access to learning. And I wanted to create a business selfishly that I wasn't tied to an office, a business that was virtual. I recognized that on Instagram and social media that people don't just want to watch. They want to interact. Like there's people listening to this right now that are going, man, I wish I could just ask a question right now, right? They want to, they want to ask a question like right now and they're listening to a podcast on the bus or in their car and they're going, man, I could ask them this or I wish I could ask Nick this. Well, that's what we created was the ability at any moment to ask a question. I answer every single question, whether or not I know the answer. And if I don't know the answer, 
I put myself into their shoes and say, okay, I remember what it was like to be a startup business owner. I knew here is what I would do if I needed to find the answer. And I share my thinking process. And in doing that, that's going to give them ideas of what they could do. Then what I do is I say, okay, well, based on this question, Nick should answer this. And Jim should answer this. And Peter should answer this. And then they answer the questions that I've given them. And then we take those videos and we email it directly to the person so they can watch the answer at their leisure when they want to. All of our hundreds of Q&A sessions that we've done, they're all there for everybody to go watch because we want everybody to be able to learn. And what I've noticed is I don't mind putting that out there as a business owner. That's not a secret sauce. I wanted to create an environment that gave people quick access on demand as opposed to we're going to meet once a month, every Monday, the first of the month. And, and that's the only time you get access to your community and your curriculum. Entrepreneurs are variables. They, they, they need on demand. They need things quick. They need it fast. And they thrive on, I want it right now. Sean, answer my question right now. So that's the kind of environment we put together. Thank you for sharing that. So Nick, maybe a final word here. What do you wish more business owners would either know or, or do? I really think that business owners kind of need to get out of the way of themselves, drop the ego and go get some help. Because if you really want to be successful, you cannot do this by yourself. Sure, there's a couple here and there that make it, but we know the odds there, right? There's a reason we're called the 1%. Get into a group like Accelerators Organization and get yourself a mentor and follow up with what they're telling you to do because they've done this before and we've done this before we know better and all we're trying to do is pave the way we're not going to walk it for you but we're going to pave the way for you especially with what's going on in the world today of people leaving jobs or getting laid off and starting work from home and things like that a lot of people feel like they're on an island because they don't have people around them that understand them Luckily, there are islands out there full of entrepreneurs like AO and other organizations. And one of the things we say is, like Nick said, is camaraderie and peer exchange and learning from others is super important. It's in the corporate atmosphere DNA, but for entrepreneurs, we have to go seek it. But there are islands out there full of like-minded people, and that gives us the ideas, the support, the affirmations – Everything that we need to actually navigate this very, very tough journey of being a business owner. It isn't easy, but it's easier if you've got good people in your life who care about you and are going to support you as opposed to the people in our lives that say, well, don't do it. Why are you doing it? And stuff like that. And that's been a big part of what I've learned in mentoring is be around good people that are going to be there to support you, be in that community. I know you can't see Nick's shirt and hat, but what it says is most won't, I will. Is there something behind that, Nick, that uh, you want to say? Sean, I'm going to let you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whenever I watch any podcast, most podcast interviews and live Q&A, it's always, well, how did you do it? And I really wanted to dig in on that early on and one of my coaches taught me that successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people won't do or don't know how to do. And that's why they're successful. And so I trademarked most won't, I will. There's just a rough kind of alpha-ness to the big fist pump that's on his shirt and the hat. It's, there's something alpha about a certain segment of entrepreneurs that are fighters. 
I'm going to attack life and I'm going to fight for what I believe in and fight for my goals. And so the most one I will motto of our organization is very impactful in helping somebody hack their mind into thinking, what would a successful person do? I'm going to do that because I want to be that successful person. Well, I think you might have just renamed our podcast episode. Most won't. I will. <laughs> well, I love the summary. I don't think I need to add any more. I just want to say thank you to both of you for joining and sharing your stories with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Wow. I feel privileged to meet such a determined person like Nick, who has overcome more in his life than I could ever imagine. And Sean, who has found a valuable intersection of business and doing good in the world. Here are a few key points I'm taking away from Nick and Sean's story. First, none of us were born leaders. In our last episode, I explored my own accidental leadership journey. Today, we learned from Nick's story that all of us possess leadership capacity, but require some new awareness, tools, and a nurturing environment to bring them to light. Second, seek a mentor, be a mentor. Mentoring is a two-way street. Seek someone who inspires you, who can challenge you, who will celebrate successes with you, and who will support you when your chips are down. Then give back and be a mentor for someone else who needs the same. We grow as humans and leaders from both sides of this relationship. And third, the power of community. While each of us could go it alone, humans excel in communities where we can learn from, share with, and give back to others. Our Agile Leadership Journey and Sean's Accelerator Organization are two such communities doing just that. Find your community or create your own. To learn more about Nick, Sean, the Accelerator's organization, our Agile Leadership Journey, or to listen to other fascinating stories like you heard today, visit our website at relearningleadership.show. And stay tuned after the credits for another gift from our very own Joy Zimmerman's top chart album, The Canvas Before Us. Thank you. Relearning Leadership is the official podcast of the Agile Leadership Journey. It's hosted by me, Pete Behrens, with analysis from our global guide community. It's produced by Ryan Dugan, with music by Joy Zimmerman. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. And visit our website, relearningleadership.show, for guest profiles, episode references, transcripts and comments, and more. And to relearn more about your own leadership, visit us at agileleadershipjourney.com. In each episode this season, we're celebrating our very own Joy Zimmerman's album, The Canvas Before Us, which reached number eight on the international folk chart. This week, I was drawn to her title track, Mosaic. We all have shattered pieces in our lives, like we heard in Nick's story today. We're all messy and oftentimes feel as if we're scattered about. And our whole selves emerge when we merge our pieces in our communities with others, like a mosaic work of art. Enjoy Mosaic by Joy Zimmerman. complete. We were young, 
canvas before us before tears followed our feet my friend i've studied the pieces wrestling turning each one in my mind some sharp to touch some edges of softened some too Shame.